Before we start the episode today, I want to share a quote from the book Time, Talent, and Energy from Michael Mankins and Eric Garten, which plays right into what we'll be talking about today. And here's the quote. Energy is an intangible but powerful force that enables companies to accomplish great things. Leaders who learn to boost and harness their organization's energy can multiply the impact of their employees' time and talent. The key is to tap the power of engagement, inspiration, and a strong company culture. Welcome back to the ROI Podcast presented by the Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus here in downtown Indianapolis. Hopefully all of you are having an amazing day. And for those of you who don't know already, I'm Shane Simmons and my co-host is Phil Powell, the Associate Dean of Academic Programs here at the Kelly School. And Phil, we're talking about executive leadership today. And there's tons of literature out there regarding the importance of great leadership. But today, we're really going to get specific on how leaders can measure their success and ultimately grow their organization and the people within it. Shane, it sounds so simple on paper, or even when you talk about it. You become a leader and you grow the organization. It's the hardest thing to do. And what's difficult is, is that a good executive has to multiply his or her talent through the team that works with him or her. And that's incredibly difficult to do, especially if you've been promoted based on your technical skills. So we're gonna have a great conversation about how to leverage that in in today's episode. Yeah, you, you touched on the part about kind of delegating that out and what it made you great. Now you kind of have to set aside and let other people take control of that. And we're going to talk about that later in the episode. But today we're going to be talking with Ken Wendelin, who's a professor of management here at the Kelly School. But before coming to Kelly, he was an executive for multiple companies where he was very successful and has a lot of great stories to tell from his time in the corporate world. And Phil, you had a great conversation with him, and we're about to play that soundbite that I thought was really interesting with your conversation. And that's the obstacle that's holding many organizations back from growth, which can a lot of times be the executives or the CEO themselves because sometimes they're just too involved within the organization. Take a listen. Let me give you a good example. Okay, um, as a sector executive, I took over a business in California. And it was a small business, grew quite nicely. And I was sitting down with the, uh, the general manager after we had acquired them, and he was talking about his frustration over the fact that he had not been able to grow his business beyond $30 million in today's dollars. And as I watched how he operated, watched what he did, what we found was he was trying to do everything. So instead of him being the one who led the business, he was the one who was trying to actually run the business and manage it. And so the natural point of his inability to grow the business was himself. And so eventually he he moved off to do some other things. We put some professional managers in place who knew how to scale the leadership, who knew how to put people in place to be able to grow the business. So here's the question. How do these smart managers who have been promoted into these positions of executive leadership because they've been they've excelled all their career, how do these very smart folks all of a sudden not see something so simple? Seeing yourself as the growth inhibitor seems like it should be obvious. But according to Ken, it's not that easy. And sometimes that is the result of a lack of positive feedback. Well, as you move up an organization, one of the things we find in, in working particularly with our MBAs, 
is it's hard to get honest feedback, even though we have performance reviews, even though we have uh, uh, annual reviews. It turns out that it's hard to get honest, helpful, useful feedback on how effective are you. And without that, you do not know what to change. So the habits you had, the things that may have gotten to you where you got before, which might have been a lot of hard work, a lot of doing things yourself, all of a sudden limit you because you've run out of time. And so as you move up the ladder, you need to then say, well, what does the organization need from me? What do I need to do to help others grow through my leadership so that they are the ones who are providing the, uh, uh, the work, providing the smarts, doing the things that maybe I did in the past, but I don't have time to do today. And Phil, that's an interesting concept to think about. The routines and habits that we may have had that made us so successful, kind of built up who we are, can now almost become our kryptonite as a leader. I love that word kryptonite, and it's very apropos here, Shane. That's what can get in the way of progress for an organization. As you grow into new roles within an organization, you have to learn to delegate tasks and give up control. That's difficult. But as as Ken explained during our chat, there may be others who would be happy to take on those tasks that need delegation. And then your time as the executive leader of the organization can be better spent in a different area. But some people may be wondering what kind of tasks they should delegate. I think you want to delegate those kinds of tasks where you can accept somebody else's perfection. So uh, if, as an example, uh, if, um, if I'm doing presentations and they don't have to be absolutely perfect, I can give that to somebody who will do a good job, will be more than adequate, and I'll be very, very happy with. Whereas I might spend a lot more time on things in that presentation that would have taken a lot more time and would have added a little value. Or, or tasks that I'm not particularly good at or interested in. Others may be very interested in doing that. And so I know when I delegate, I'm very careful about picking what can I give to somebody else, what can I accept to them, and what will they be happy with. And then I keep just those tasks to myself where either they're something only I really can do or I know that I can't accept somebody else's perfection because it's really, really important to me. Bottom line, when you are delegating effectively, you are setting your organization up for growth, period. Well, good delegation now frees up your time. It also helps you develop other people because as I give other people the chance to do things, guess what? They do them well, they grow, they learn, they become part of the team and they're happy to be there and, and they see themselves as valuable. And so delegating to others and doing it well is a trait that helps not only you time-wise, but also helps others grow in the organization. So tip number one, find ways to delegate tasks. And the second tip that Ken says is critical to grow in the organization and thriving as a leader is creating a conducive workplace culture. Culture is an interesting one because people want to be part of organizations that they can identify with. Okay, their personal purpose and hopefully the organizational pur organization's purpose is one and the same. And so uh, we like to identify with those that we want to be with. So creating a culture that fits what your strategy, what your customers want, uh, but it also has to fit what your employees want. And an honest culture is, is not easy to create. Um, finding ways that, that, that you can have a place where people really want to be, feel valued, um, is a challenge. And particularly in today's workforce, I mean, you, you look at uh, some of the younger kids coming out through school and, and the millennials, so to speak, 
they have a set of expectations. How do we meet their expectations? How do we align our organization to fit what the customer wants, what our culture is, and what our employees need? And that alignment, if you can do that, is tremendous because now you've aligned your whole purpose to all, all of those that, uh, that are stakeholders. So, Phil, here's my question when it comes to company culture. How does accountability fall into this? I mean, what's the biggest mistakes executives make when trying to hold their employees accountable? Shane, that's a great question. And many people may be surprised by the answer. The biggest mistake in, in accountability is not letting people make mistakes, okay? And that's an issue, okay, is if you don't support those that you ask to do things, even when maybe they, they made a mistake. Well, you have to support them. You have to know, they have to know that, oh, if I mess something up, that's okay. I'll learn from the mistake, but let me go forward. Let me support you. And so you really want to create a culture of making mistakes, but making the mistakes quickly and then being honest about them. Now, and that's really accountability because now people take pride in what they're doing. And if something does go wrong, they'll step back, learn from it, and take, take another step. If you, um, if you don't do that, then people will be fearful of taking things on. And so I think allowing people to make mistakes, trying things, but failing quickly, so to speak, and then supporting them when they do that helps to build the organization and the people. So to sum up what we have talked about today, the most successful leaders know how to delegate and set the organization and the people in it up for success. And we've also discussed the importance of workplace culture. But if you want to measure leadership, which can seem nearly impossible to do at times, here's a really interesting way Ken says you can do that. Leadership is hard to measure because you say, well, what do you measure? And what I found interesting is um, one quip from a professor I know at at another school talks about uh, the measurement is easy. Just measure the energy level in the room when you started and when you finished. And I said, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but my gosh, what happens if I'm having a meeting or I'm teaching a class? If the energy level is here, and if I go through that one or two or three hours of class or meeting time, is the energy level higher when I left because of what we did, then I've accomplished something. If it's lower, then I've sucked the energy out of people. And again, just like time, we've only got so much energy. So my measure today of how well I'm doing is, was the energy left? Were people more excited, more motivated, and more interested when I left than when I came? So I've started to use that as a simple measure, and I think it's it's an easy one for us to look at because you can see the expressions on people's faces. You can see the pace that they walk in and out of the room for. So that along with being able to grow others, grow your talent, Uh, Make others want to be part of your organization. Make others interested and excited because they're with you. And that becomes their energy level, too. Shane, I love this insight from Ken because you can implement this test every moment of the day. Do you walk out of a meeting knowing that the people you've met with feel more empowered and energetic than when you walked in? If so, You're moving your organization in the right direction, and you're developing as a leader. Yeah, and I think that's a really tangible way that you can get results instantly from how you are performing as the leader in that organization. So I really love that comment as well. 
Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Kelly School of Business. And we'd like to send a thank you to Kelly Professor Ken Wendelin for all the value he provided in this episode. And I, th- I think there are lessons that we can all take away here. In fact, there was so much good information. We weren't able to just pack it all into this one podcast. So I'm sure we'll be revisiting Ken here in the near future because there's just a lot of fascinating things that he was able to share from an executive's point of view. And don't forget, you can always subscribe to the ROI podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We would love to hear from you all. And if you have any episode ideas that you would like for us to discuss, please be sure to put that in the review as well. Other than that, we will talk to you next week right back here on the ROI podcast.